Welcome to the family with co-hosts Catherine Brandt, Jimmy Francis, Pierre Douglas, and Andy Brandt-Bernard. We could not pass this up because it was too great an opportunity. It's going to be a new TV show that I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to call it Disney and see if we can put it on ABC. We're going to call the show Pierre and the Mayor. What do you think? Ooh, that huh? sounds it's got yeah. a good ring to it. What do you think it? of that? Well, in, in the Pierre? north and the south? I mean, North you know, and the south? Yeah. That sounds yeah. South St. Paul? North, now, he's not talking about the deep south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to jog my life. Is he? Is he no. Just St. Paul. No, St. Paul south enough for me. Pierre grew up in my old neighborhood. Really? Just a couple years after me. Just a couple. A couple of 20, 30, maybe 40. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something like that. How old are you? Uh, 30, I just turned 37. So. 37? June 1st, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I am old enough to be your father, but not your grandfather. I like that. <laughs> well, depends. Technically. 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 Yeah. Well, well if I had a kid when I was 50... No, I mean, no. you can have you kids when you're earlier. like 16 years old. Oh, you mean like Al Pacino? Yeah. You can have yeah. one when you're 83. Exactly. Did you see the picture of him and the baby today? They, they had the baby? Yeah, they had the baby. Oh, yep. wow. They had a little baby, and That's they put awesome. his picture. He looks horrible. Well, he's well, a million he's, years well, he's old. 80 he's billion years old having babies. Oh, he's a new you father at his life. Yeah, I'm sure he's up with those night midnight feedings all the time. Oh, he's 83. He and is the midnight feeding. Like He has to be fed himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come and feed dad and then the baby. Yeah, I hope she's got a good staff. Yeah. Yeah, she's, <laughs> no, they do. Isn't she like twice? Change the baby, change the husband. I think, she, I think the woman who had the baby with him is like 29 or 30 years old, too. It's so perfect like, time to have a child. Uh, 29, really? Really yes. Is. Yeah, she's 29. Yeah, there yes. you go. That's a lot of, lot of life there. So Pierre and the mayor, what we're going to do is <laughs> Pierre will be like a cop, and then he has to come to you, Jimmy, the mayor, because sure. Jimmy is the mayor of South St. Paul. Yes. He's a real mayor. So Pierre has to come to the mayor, and the two of you have to put your heads together to solve every crime in the city. Great Scott. Like uh, and one like of you that. must Great be a screw-up. Who would that be? <laughs> as long as I look good for the press conference. <laughs> Pierre, let me take it from here. I told you, man, I needed the warrants. What are you doing? I need more funding. <laughs> we got a new TV show. It's coming on, what, next? maybe next season. Uh, next right. season. We'll get it going. We're shooting the pilot this summer. You know, it's going to be a right. summer deal. Yeah. I like summer it. blockbuster It's pilot. so great to have you guys in on a Friday because it was just, it just... Yeah, you wrap up the week, have a few laughs, but I wanted everybody to meet uh, Pierre because Pierre, uh, like I said, he, he grew up in North Minneapolis, and Pierre and I were talking on the first, on the morning show. It's so nice to sit down with someone who lives in North Minneapolis, who grew up in North Minneapolis, because it's nowhere near as bad as everybody thinks it is. It's just not. You know, the, the violence, there's more violence in the campus in the University of Minnesota than there is in North Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time for people to realize it's just another group. When I grew up there, I was talking to Pierre about this too, it was a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood. That's mm-hmm. who lived there. It was great. Everybody got along. I mean, you know, this is many years before, before you came along, Pierre, but everybody got along. Everybody helped one another. They were nice to one another. Sure, there was crime like every other city. There's going to be some crime. But I was so happy to sit and talk to you about this. You have the same view that I do on the situation. Yes. Yes that they're good, solid people, and you've dedicated your life now to, to dealing in real estate in that neighborhood. Is that not correct? Yeah, most of my transactions and sales have been in North Minneapolis. Because, um, again, I love that place. It's, it's affordable homes, nice homes, yep. great homes. A lot um, of really you, nice homes. Once you get into the community and you get just kind of tune out the noise of what the news and the media yes. says, you, you learn that you are in a great space um, to becoming a homeowner, you know, 
and get that equity, all that good stuff. So, yeah. So how do they reach out to you if they want to come and look at houses and stuff? Oh, uh, you know what you can do? You can follow me on Instagram. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, and, you know, on the homeownership side of things, um, my email, pdouglas at kw.com. I'm a Keller Williams guy. Um, or call me, 612-385-5259. Um, I would be thrilled to serve anyone in the space of real estate. Um, I work I work on a team called the Signature Group and Keller Williams, and we alone have worked to close the homeownership gap amongst black people in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. We've sold well over three, 400 homes to you know people of color, so it's been fantastic. Good for you. There was a new yeah. uh, some new statistics that just came out, mm-hmm. and um, Minneapolis scored seventh in the nation for the worst inequities yeah. between black and white yep. students and home ownership and all of that. Yeah. So good for you. We're working. You that's know. the only way to, uh, for people to get some generational wealth and yeah. all of that. But not just yeah. if you're black, white people too, call me. Like, Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you white Everybody. people to call me too. Honest <laughs> to God. That area, and we talk mostly as you go from Lindale and you go west from there, mm-hmm. Like Catherine said, so many beautiful the houses mm-hmm. around North Commons are just yeah. beautiful houses. You get over in uh, the Up west in side of Penn Avenue, there's mansions over there that people yeah. might not even know about. Yeah, Up I don't. I don't know about them. I've Up never and down even the parkway there. the river. I mean, beautiful. I'm nice. the parkway is really nice. Parkway's uh-huh. gorgeous. I, it just made me it put me in such a good mood having Pierre come in this morning because to see somebody from the neighborhood in that feels the same way about it that I do. That, that it's it's nowhere near what people think it is. Yeah. And in two ways, because Pierre and I were talking about this too, that all these people that live out there in Whispering Acres and all these snazzy places, never even what? been in the city, whispering. but well, whatever the hell it's called, right? <laughs> Perfect. They, they think, Mysterious. there are a lot of people, Pierre, because of the way I comport myself and I act and I say the things, that I'm a racist. Yeah. A lot of white people oh, think I'm a racist. I, I wouldn't think that. A lot of white people think that? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, it only matters what this black guy says. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. But they, because I don't act, I just act like a guy from North Minneapolis. Yeah. Right? And it gets, they're very uncomfortable about that. And I don't know why. Well, we're also in a political climate where if you talk about certain things, yeah. Yeah. then you're instantly canceled. Yeah. No, I suppose. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of canceling going on. And you've never been able to be quiet on certain things. As you should. You've earned, you've earned the right. See, look at you've this earned, nice man. You've earned it. Once you get past, like, this is just, like, you got gray hair everywhere. And so once you get past that space. Well, thank you. You've sure. earned the right to say whatever you want to say without consequence. Like, That's right. You've earned that. You've, you've lived life in, in many capacities. You've built a great platform here throughout your career. Say what you want to say, man, and, and F them if they got something. Well, thank you. I like I appreciate it. it. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Everybody, look, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I was one of the few probably 10 12 years old and maybe they don't even you you might not even know because it's a generational thing but you know what playing the dozens is yeah oh yeah see i might be the only white yeah. guy in america knows yeah. what playing the dozens yeah. is. it's right. roasting now yeah it's all roasting now you roasting yeah yeah, yeah that's roasting. right do you know what playing the dozens is i lived in whispering acres i don't know yeah no <laughs> we've been sheltered for a long time <laughs> there was a little poem at the beginning of the dozens but You'd play sports and get in a little argument, and instead of getting in a fist fight, because not a lot of fist fighting back then, a lot of arguing, mm-hmm. there was a little poem that kind of went, I can't say the whole poem because there's a word in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they used to say, well, you want to play the dozens? Well, the dozens is a game, but the way I do your mother's a goddamn shame. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's how it oh. would start. That's pretty much your mama jokes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. your mama yeah. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> are those still stuff. around? They are. Okay. <laughs> he goes, yes, they are. Okay. My my kids, they're 11 and 14, and they still talk about your mama. I'm like, I got the same mom, but they still do it. <laughs> <laughs> they still do it. <laughs> oh, speaking of mom, I, we better get you out of here in about a minute because oh, I, don't yeah. want, I don't want her getting mad at me. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't even met her yet. She'd be in that damn Bernard. Yeah, I got to get my girlfriend's mom. Oh, your girl, that's right. This it's is the first time mom. you're meeting your girlfriend's mom. You're yeah. picking her up at the airport. Yeah. Will you be holding a sign that says her name, or did you? I'm going to stand out and just yell, Cheryl! Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to embarrass her in the worst Jump way. up and down. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great start. <laughs> honestly, well, Pierre, honestly, God, a, a little lot. If you could jot down your number, I will uh, I will call yes. you and leave you my number, because you need to stop by once in a while. Absolutely. Great to meet you. Thank you. And I hope, don't be late. We'll be fine. Yeah. I, we'll work on the pilot. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll work, work on, on that. The pilot. Yeah. And Pierre yeah, and the mayor. Um, I, Pierre and the mayor. Pierre and the mayor. You gotta get it going. <laughs> nice blue suit. Yeah. Well, I, gotta, I gotta get a great for contrast. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right, Pierre. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Really, really. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's all right. There's I my, don't need that arm anyway. There's my number. All right. Oh, you got it. Excellent. Yeah, you can give him that right on the back of that if you want. There you go. We'll oh, you got He's got a business card too. Look at that. See, big shot. He's a real estate agent. Real estate. Gotta have one. Gotta have it. Okay. All right. I will call you and leave my number on your phone. Okay. Perfect. You guys enjoy. Come in more often. Yeah, Thank nice you. you Thank you, sir. All right. Pierre and the mayor, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. The mayor's going to stay. Good Hi, nice go. meeting you. Got to go pick up that uh, Good the luck title. With the uh, girl mother-in-law. Soon to be mother-in-law. There you go. Honest to God, I cannot tell you how happy that made me to meet him. From North Minneapolis, born there, grew up there. We have the same memory, but about 35 years apart. Wow. I love that. Yeah. See, North Minneapolis is a great neighborhood, always has been. You don't want to piss people off there. I understand that. Well, that's how the world should be. You just don't want to piss people off. Yeah, I agree with you. Please, can we do that? Yeah, can we just stop pissing people off? Uh, Intentionally. Know, and inserting ourselves into situations that don't matter in your in your life whatsoever. I watch, right. I watch people just pushed into something that it's like, Ma'am, do you, do you really need to even get involved? Or, sir, I really, agree. is that just, just leave it alone because that just accelerates the people <laughs> right. and gives them permission to You're continue right. to be crazy or. You know, you said something about Wisteria Lane, which was what was Desperate Housewives? Yes. Okay. <laughs> which brought me to it. Have you seen the video of Eva Langoria meeting Biden? And he like tries. I mean, seriously, it's on video. It really does look like he's trying to cop a feel. Really? She like, she like takes his hands away from her chest. Really? And steps back. Wow! Like was Is he there running into like, well, that? He was. He was like, like running in. They with were his talking hands up? to each other. They were. They were shaking hands, and then he kind of like grabs her here. Uh huh. And she is small. She's a low, he, low rider. Yeah, but you yeah. don't grab women yeah. around anywhere when you're meeting Of course. Them. Oh, God. I don't even do that to <laughs> yes. you. Hands up, Mary. Good to see you. Hey, How are you? Hey, How's jazz hands. Yeah, she grabs his hands and like pushes them, uh, really? like, pushes them at, away and steps away I'll at the same at time. It was, How old is that video? It's very recent. Oh, I it just guess. happened recently. Yeah. It's all over social media today. Oh, As weird. they say, the hits just keep coming. Yeah, apparently yeah. they do. It's like, what else can we do here that's... Yeah, yeah. well, Andy, don't, tell me when Jessica's ready to go, if you would. Nothing yet. All right, just let me know when she's there. But, yeah, honestly, got it. Just cheer, well, seeing you cheers me up, of course. Good. It's always good to see you. There's no question about it. Catherine in on a Friday. We love that as well, even though she's got to leave in a few minutes. 
Which is not fair. And, and you guys you aren't minutes. lake people, right? You don't have a lake place. You're not no, lake. We're no, we're cul-de-sac people. You're cul-de-sac people. <laughs> <You're>, yes. <laughs> we're cul-de-sac people. Those are great. Those, you know, that's good. And we so lived on know, an island for rush. 15 years. You have to rush out to go get ready for the weekend and go up to the cabin and pack up. and so Right, right. We you don't know, have that either. We don't I remember that. when I was a kid... People that had cabins, first of all, they were really cabins. They weren't mansions on the lake. Right. Um, but my friends, they used to go up for a good month to the whole summer. And the dad, com- and the dad only commuted back and yeah. forth. Yeah, glorious. Now, Wouldn't that? Let's get back to those days. Well, now with all, well, with remote learning, or with remote <clears throat> jobs, I don't know why they couldn't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay up at the cabin. Yeah, that's true. Although I mean, I've got the, friends that have cabins, and they come back and forth and back and forth. I, I mean, they're, they're putting, I don't even know how many hours a month that they spend in the car just because they have a cabin. That how would drive me crazy. How much they're spending on gas, how, much, how many miles they're putting on their car. Well, just the time and energy. And oh, some of them are, they forth. go way up, oh, four horrible. and a half hours up to. My brother's cabin is weekend really far. After weekend. Uh, uh, I can stand a three-hour drive like twice a year. That's about all I'm good for. We're doing the Francis family vacation this week so saturday to saturday my parents rent us a a cabin at a resort each of us have a cabin and we go there there's 53 of us this year holy moly and a few of them there's 55 normally but there's a few that can't come due to college and uh ones in the military so i didn't even know you were catholic yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah my dad goes my dad still goes to daily mass does he really that's wonderful yeah yeah i think that i mean i give a lot of credit to that to his uh, that for protecting a lot of the idiot things that we've done over the years <laughs> well, to protect his kids. You know? It's a different deal, you know. But this this week for us is like that weekend for uh, other people. Like mm-hmm. we're packing this car for one week and there's more stuff than we've ever brought. Like, wow, well, we might need this and we need that. Well, you well, need multiple vehicles, I would assume. Well, everybody's, you yeah. know, other families are on their own. But my four, you know, we okay. pack the Traverse full of. Well, you need a you fishing pole, and ball life jackets, and, right, and I bring up cooking stuff, uh, souvets, yep. and you know, oh, uh, platters, and well, we're feed, you know, we feed a few people, and it's yeah, kind of fun. So that's that's up on Gull Lake. If you see see us up there over at Sandy Beach, give us a so toot leaving, toot on the. You're leaving tomorrow. Yes, Saturday to Saturday, <clears throat> that's and then wonderful. we come back for Kaposia Days, which is our town festival. Kaposia. Kaposia. Yes, Kapoja. that was the the the. Camp of Kaposia, which meant light on feet. So it was the Sioux tribe, but the, it was a summer camp for them. Oh. And so they would come up there, and Little Crow was born in South St. Paul. Right, yeah. Oh. Back, 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 way back, back. But, yep. um, and then on Sunday, that Sunday, you've been to my house. They, they're yes, shooting sir. the fireworks off in the field across the street from, from our house. Oh, nice. And we're celebrating our 30th class reunion of... The class of 1993. I can't believe we made 30 friggin' years. 30 years, baby. When when you're back at school and you're going to school, do you ever think that you're going to go 30? You know? And you you laughed at people that were like, ah, look at those guys celebrating their thing. I just, now I'm here. (laughs) Well, Jimmy, honestly, God, I just went through one of those situations where I didn't remember what the hell we were even talking about. I went, yeah, God, isn't that amazing? When you look back to 1975, you go, that was 48 years ago. Yeah, that's how old God. I am. That's why you don't look back. That's my birthday. I mean, that's how old back. I am. That's Just look why forward. you never Just look, look forward. back. Don't yeah. look back. Well, that's a great <laughs> attitude, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my fellow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. No, but it's it's just that time, I don't know, it, it didn't fly by, but it's like, really? That was 50 years ago. Honest to God. I mean, the Beatles broke almost 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's 58 freaky. years ago. Yeah, that's freaky. I mean, think about that. I don't want to. We, well, <laughs> okay. why not talk to Jessica instead? Oh, Jessica, I'd love to talk to Jessica. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Uh, Jessica Manfrey, how you doing, Jessica? I mean, I'm hanging out with you guys, looking at the beach. I can't be any better. The <laughs> beach? Well, what beach are you at? I am at the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Oh, oh you are? Okay. The oh, Outer Banks is gorgeous. Yeah. No question about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and you pronounce your last name Manfrey? Yep. Super simple. I've heard all sorts of <laughs> I bet twists you have. on it. But <laughs> Manfra. Manfra is with us. Yes. And... Oh, yes. Oh, I understand. That's when she's uh, feeling fancy. Jessica Manfrey, uh, one of three military wives, each affiliated with a different branch of service, have started the Inspire Up Foundation, made it their mission to serve military first responders, veterans, and their families throughout community outreach, educational events, volunteer services, and empowerment programs. Jessica, you picked a perfect day to come on the show because we've been talking about, because I do a morning show as well, Mm-hmm. And all morning, and all this show, uh, well, all morning we talked about all the wonder. I have a, my wife is here. Uh, my son is here. Our daughter comes in every other day. But, uh, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I get to be with my wife, my son, my daughter, their children, hang out with my friends. Jimmy Francis, the mayor of South St. Paul, is in studio with us today. I have so much to be grateful for and happy about. I tune in the news, Jessica, and all I hear is hatred and just, ugh, just violence and all the rest of it. So for you to stand up 
and talk about the very people that we count on to protect us. We might have to get an army or a, maybe a Marine Corps or something against all people. If people complain too much about how horrible life is, I think we should attack their house. What do you think? I am just... <laughs> so for me, it, being a military spouse, it's difficult to listen to people complain. But yes. I'm, also a, I'm also a therapist, and so I have to remain empathetic and understand that my journey is not theirs and theirs, you know, maybe just as painful mm-hmm. as mine, just in a different way. And so, but I definitely have petty moments in my head where I'm like, really, we're going to complain about your husband's one week trip. Um, you know, while I have a, you know, three-year-old that's regressing in potty training because my husband's underway for the next two months and it's the first time he's been without his father. Oh yeah, uh, it, yep. It's hard. It's definitely hard, but um, we work really hard to make our mission around kindness. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely difficult to watch the infighting or watch people not be patriotic when we're living this every day. Well, what we're talking about, Jessica, here is dealing with PTSD, depression, high divorce rates, high suicide rates. I don't want to spend a lot of time about it, but it's very, very important. We do talk about that, don't you think, Jessica? Absolutely. Bring it. I'm here for it. So where do we start, I mean, with PTSD, depression, high divorce rates, suicide rates, all these things? People are dealing with things that are much, much more important and harder to deal with than I've ever had to deal with. So, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I, I'm a very happy guy. I, it just, so many people have given so much to give us the lives we have. Maybe we should be grateful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Start with gratitude, for sure. I would also encourage people, because while I feel like the awareness around PTSD has grown and the stigma has been removed, we're also seeing people assume that every combat veteran has PTSD, and that's not true. Um, but the reality is so many of our everyday Americans have it. You can get it from witnessing, you know, something horrific, a natural disaster, a car accident. Um, there are a lot of ways that you can develop it. it it's definitely curable. Um, there's an incredible uh, author that I really like, and he wrote an entire book about it. And it's called Struggle Well. And the reality is if we can just recognize the symptoms, have empathy for each other, and you know, as individuals going through it, know that there's no shame behind it um, and ask for help. I think we would go a long way. But I think it starts with grace and kindness to our fellow man. Love it. Jessica, uh, Jimmy Francis here, mayor of the city of South St. Paul. How can a city like mine get involved in your organization, your foundation? Love it. Oh, my gosh. We, We love friends. So for us, obviously, we're a smaller organization. But because of our backgrounds, you know, we do have connections to a lot of the bigger organizations and we work in partnership with them. Like, for example, the Green Bray Foundation. So we will partner with them and say, okay, we're going to have an in-person event for our spouses, veterans and service members and first responders and their spouses. Can you help us by sponsoring six of your special forces spouses to come to our event? Right. Or, you know, same thing with like the Navy Marine Corps Relief. We'll go to them and say, hey, we see that these units over here in Camp Pendleton are struggling, how can we work together? My encouragement to you would be know that we're always a resource. If you've got a military community there or a first responder community there that's struggling and there's a way that we can step in and offer help, like that's what we do. You know, we have our existing standing programs, right? But we're always looking for ways to partner because when we do things together, that's where change happens. I think we'll always be a small nonprofit, and I'm okay with that. We don't get paid for what we do. This is our passion. 
it's what gets us up every day, what we love to do outside of our, you know, families and our day jobs. Um, but it starts with kind of coming together because I, I don't know what's going on in your community if I'm not hearing from you. But when I do, if there's a way I can jump in, I will. You know, we got a call the other day. We had a service member, um, unfortunately, was sexually assaulted. But I had a great relationship with um, some individuals and some organizations down there. And we were able to jump in right away, get her the help and support that she needed. And that's just really where it starts. Like, let's be humans. Let's come together. But, yeah, I want to partner with you. That would be amazing. For sure. We, you know, we are, you mentioned other groups, you know, like the Yellow Ribbon you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're a yellow ribbon town, so we do have uh, opportunities. But I like the fact, too, that it's the first responders because a, including those in our community as well as military, there's so many mm-hmm. uh, op- opportunities for us to be there for for mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking on your website, and you've got these community blessing boxes and just great ideas with the, uh, with, with your, uh, the, the create box that people mm-hmm. can send or sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, projects that started in 2020. And it started with us just saying, okay, the world is going through some rough stuff with the pandemic. Everybody's isolated, you know. Um, so basically every quarter we would have two weeks of like fun, like miniature giveaways, people registering for the boxes. And then we would pick a hundred winners each quarter and send them out. And now we've turned it into a nomination. So if you know of someone that's struggling, you simply fill out that form and we take care of the rest whether it's like a special box that we create. Sometimes we do, um, we, we love a spoonful of comfort. If you guys haven't looked them up, you should. It is fantastic because not only can you provide a meal for a family, but there's things like, you know, blankets and socks that Sam's thinking of you. And then create things like conversation starters to get families back to the table. And um, that is probably one of my favorite organizations right now that we have, you know, had the ability to partner with because, you know, people are going through some rough stuff and to come home and have a warm meal, a beautiful memory to create with your family and have conversation. Like it just, it goes a long way. What's interesting about that, Jessica, is that I'm I'm of an age. I was in the very last class of the Vietnam era, the draft of 1969, but the war kind of ended before I was ever uh, ever drafted. or I actually was drafted in the Marine Corps, but never had to go in the service because it kind of just all came to an end there. So I look back at all the people. I have four friends that were killed in Vietnam. I, mm-hmm. uh, I have a relative, and we don't want to say who it is, but uh, kind of left as Wally Cleaver and came home as Ted Bundy. But <laughs> that, you know yeah. what I mean? Hundreds of those stories. There's yeah. a lot of those stories, aren't they? Just the nicest man you'd ever – he was Wally Cleaver, and now it's totally mm-hmm. different. Do people understand what this does to human beings? I don't think they do, and no. here's why. So I'm obviously a spouse, so I get it. But, you know, my grandfather was a Korean War veteran. My uncle, who raised me as his own, was a Vietnam War veteran. And looking back now as a therapist, I can see the different mannerisms and things that absolutely both of them did not come back the same, you know? Right. And um, I think the reason is this. Think about World War II. Women were drawing lines on their legs because the stockings were for the war effort. There were rations. People felt it. Everyday Americans, unless you had someone in harm's way, did not feel the effects of a 20-year war on terror. Right. So they're not connected. Mm-hmm. It's, I almost feel like it's not real for them. And so um, 
I, I don't know how to get them to understand that, you know, like, for example, their ability to protest, their ability to do the things that they do are covered in blood. And I know that sounds dramatic, but that's really the reality of it. And I don't know that they ever will truly get it until they feel it. I think you're right. No, that is probably right. Do you think we'll ever get to the point that will actually, the government will step up and support people who, and I, I will say people who were changed or people who were hurt because a lot of these people, you look throughout our history, got us involved in wars we should have never been involved in. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. So where's the responsibility there, Jessica? What do you think about that? Well, they're notoriously slow. You know, I, yes. I think yes. it's great that, you know, we have legislation in place now for burn pits, but where was it 15 years ago, yep. you know? And so that's where I, I struggle because our government is very reactive and not proactive. Um, and it's, it's, you know, you can see it in the spending, the way that they, you know, like I, I feel like we're going to see a catastrophe as the next wave of post 9-11 veterans retire. Oh, yeah. uh, they're already filling out claims that are astronomical. We don't have the people in place. I will tell you transparently, I have attempted for the last three years to become a social worker and therapist for the VA and getting through that process is horrific. We desperately need people and I can't get hired. I mean, I'm a therapist for a, a, you know, a for-profit organization, but I can't get in and work for the VA. I tried to do my clinical internship with the VA both times. And I was going to the university of central Florida remotely because my husband likes to get a short tours. And they would not let me intern because they said I did not go to a local college. And I'm like, I'm a military spouse. I don't have that privilege. Like, my college works in all 50 states with any organization, and you're telling me I can't come in here and serve my community because I don't go to a local college. And so there's a lot of things that need to change, um, and one of them is to be proactive and not reactive. Um, unfortunately, we're, I don't know – What's going to have to change there? It's above my pay grade. I'm grateful that we have nonprofit organizations that stand in the gap for our community when the government does not. Yeah, and I mean, that's I have a huge problem with it. Again, I'm not going to get carried away with this and go on and on and on, but it goes all the way back to before World War One, certainly World War Two. I mean, people mm-hmm. need to understand, and I'm not trying to condemn anyone here other than right. American politics in general. But 20,000 Japanese people were interned in, in camps in America for no... Why? Mm-hmm. Why did that even happen? It's all, yep. Yeah, like she said, it's all reactionary. It is. And fear-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's Completely. both. I mean, that's the other thing, Jessica. It's, it's both parties. It's not a Democrat thing. It's not a Republican thing. It, it's an everybody thing. We all make mistakes that should never have been made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We can grow from it. You know, nobody Good. nobody <clears throat> thinks that we're perfect. I think we should always be striving to be the best versions of ourselves, and that includes us as a country. It's okay to apologize. It's okay to say, hey, we messed up. Yeah. That goes a long way. And then step in and get it right. You know, meeting the people over the years, because I've been you know, doing a morning show in this market now for 37 years, 38 years now, I guess it is, so many, many people would come back from these different, uh, wait a minute, what was that whisper down there I from my just wife? said I was 10 I at nothing. the time. I yeah, nothing. Catherine. I was 10 years old. 10 years old. Oh, you no, were 10. 10. Oh, you yeah, were 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> see, Jessica, you see the torture I have to go through with <laughs> my coworkers. Torture. I am with you. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my, they attack me. It's just nonstop. <laughs> but in any case, I, I just think 
do you think there's something inherent in human beings that there is a side of human beings that just loves to be angry, uh, maybe even hateful because boy, there's a lot of hate on national television right now. Um, I, I wish instead of saying, you know, separating us by, by orientation and gender and skin color and this and every you're different from me in so many ways. Why don't we find the, the ways in which we're alike? Wouldn't that be nicer? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I can go down a rabbit hole with this because I feel like so much could be changed if we simply sat down together. We don't need to agree about everything, but we've stopped being able to have rational conversations with each other and meet people where they are. Um, It's just become very hateful. People feel emboldened, you know, I think with the, with the, the internet, to be able to say what they want yes. to say, and then that carries out, and it, it just it ends up leading to no good. You know, you fuel a fire that then t- turns into violence when simply you could just have a conversation. You don't know why they feel the way they do. You know, maybe maybe they lost someone um, to a medical illness and insurance wouldn't cover it, and that's yeah. why they vote the way they do. You know, there's no compassion. We just assume the worst in our human, you know, around us. Like, if someone comes to your door and knocks, do you go, oh, my gosh, maybe – Maybe there's something good on the other side of that door. Or do we assume that it's someone selling something we don't want and hide? You know, we've we've changed as a society. You know, we don't know our neighbors. Um, I can go down a rabbit hole of you know what social media and you know the family dynamic changing has done for our communication styles, our ability to have resolution. But I won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that to you. Well, we can talk about three things. That would be giving a Tuesday military. It would be spark and inspire, and it would be release artistry. I want to hear all about those three things. Happy, happy to share. So giving Tuesday military is really what started our entire nonprofit. Um, we were approached by giving Tuesday headquarters and asked if we were run a campaign. We did it and launched it within two weeks with the idea of essentially empowering ambassadors across the globe to lead in community efforts to be kind and do good. Uh, that was just, it was a bananas year, right? We were on the Kelly Clarkson show, today's show. Like it, it grew in a way that we didn't anticipate, but it also um, encouraged us to, you know, become a nonprofit instead of running everything through our personal checking Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and continue that, like not having it be about one day, but all year long and standing in the gap for those in need. And, you know, that developed into Spark and Inspire, which is really a morale you know, program. We used to, you know, have people register and we would do a hundred boxes a quarter. Now it's nomination based. We want we want you to look around. We want you to find someone that you feel like deserves a pick me up or who's maybe struggling. And then we want to love on them, you know, and release artistry. We have had like I think at this point five workshops and it's really all about um, a lot of people aren't ready to talk or work through their feelings. But if you've got some music going and you can move your body and you can use some paints and let it out that way, it's pretty powerful. We've watched it uh, transform lives. And so our hope is we can continue growing that program and bring it to more bases, more communities. I'd love to do it with a fire or a police department. I think the results would be Uh-oh, Jimmy. incredible. Jimmy, let's do you it. Know? Jimmy's going to do it. How fun. I, I can see us getting a little group together. We can send an I airplane down from our from our airport. One of our tenants down there. So we'll pick fun. up pick up a couple of you ladies and bring you up. Do that. Love it, huh? I'm all for it. Love to get it done. Here, I love this paragraph. Participants have helped. We're talking about giving military, uh, to, uh, giving Tuesday military. Participants have helped others with clothing donations, payment for a bill or groceries, housework. 
giving baked goods or letting someone know they matter. The result was over 2 million acts of kindness. That's a wonderful thing to have achieved, Jessica. It was bananas. And we've gotten to the point now where we're like, okay, we can't keep counting. So, you know, we're going to, you know, we've been blessed. Kelly Clarkson has had us on three times. The Today Show has covered us a couple times. And so we go to our, our media folks and we're like, okay, can you just tell us, like, how many people saw us talking about kindness? And then we can just go, there's no way we didn't influence people to be kind. <laughs> and we try our best to count, but it's just, you know, the work that our ambassadors and their participants are doing is really revolutionary. It's just, it's incredible. What a wonderful story that is. All right, so we've already made a, con- a connection between uh, North Carolina and Minnesota, so that's good. We're going to we're yes. gonna work, we're gonna work together. Now, how about Spark and Inspire? What's that all about? Yeah, simply nominate someone, um, and then we get the notification, and we put together a personalized box of love, basically. You know, maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's, um, you know, self-care items. You know, there's an option to kind of put in what they're going through, and that kind of helps us identify the best way for us to step forward. Um, and we're really just we're, we're looking like when you talk about the partnership, that's it's so beautiful to be able to do that. And it's you know, I was on Fort Bragg a few months ago, and I was meeting with the casualty folks and people who deal with some pretty horrific news, and we were able to sign a partnership agreement that we would be one of the first calls that they make if there's a need and they can't meet it right they can't solicit donations but if they've got this letter on file then they can call us you know with no questions asked and if we can help we jump right in see how wonderful that is that is just a great story and release artistry what's that all about that's really all about you know using movement music and your body to you know kind of take art and put feelings into it there's no right or wrong way to do it it's whatever comes out of you and um, it's just, it was an idea born from Maria. You know, she was struggling with depression. Her husband was deployed back to back year after year overseas. Yeah. You know, we saw everything happening in Ukraine. Um, you know, I can't tell you where he was, but, you know, he was gone for a year. And so she picked up a paintbrush. She's very creative. And she did it. And the, the emotions that came out of her experience led to us saying, well, you know what? Other people need this. You know, and I know just from being a therapist, that what art can do, you know, especially when I work with youth. It's such a beautiful way to connect and get them to understand their feelings that maybe abstractly they can't, you know, in context. So it's it's been fantastic. No question. We only got a couple of minutes left with you, so I want to make sure. How can people reach out to you to help out? Oh, my gosh. Go right to inspirefoundation.org. We have a contact um, button. Reach out to us that way. We're all over social media if you search us. Um, you can reach out to me personally. I have a website, jessicamanfrey.com, and there's also, you know, ways to kind of route you back to Inspire Up. But I'm always happy, you know, to talk with people and connect with people and find a way that we can kind of serve and make this world better together. Jessica, how long have you been doing this now? We started Inspire Up in February of 2020, so we've been at it for just over three years. So February of 2020, so you're the one who started COVID. Way to go. <laughs> Right? Trademark it. Take some kindness. Yeah. Let me just tell you, we have plans to launch on April 1st because April is month of the military child. We had this whole program. We sent out these hearts. We had big plans. And then two weeks before our launch date, the world shuts down. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. What? What are we going to do? 
That had to be hard to handle, Jessica. I looked at that oh, and went, oh, was. my God, that was the week COVID started. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. It was <laughs> rough, but it was healing, too. It was healing in a way yeah, that's that, true. you know, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, we were able to kind of be a part of making people's lives a little bit better. Uh, no question. So we, uh, we have about a minute and a half left with Jessica. Any final comments from any of you guys? Any questions? I just say thank you for what you do. Yes. You inspire other people yes. to do what they can do to help military and, and people that need it. And so I, I applaud you for that. And I really like the idea of just averaging the two million because it's like, you know, you're picking up, uh, picking up um, toothpicks and you drop the whole thing and you got to start over again. It's like one, two. Yeah. That's yeah. a daunting task. And, and um, so congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Honest to God, how wonderful this has been. This has been a great, a great half hour, Jessica, just having you on. We love the idea of people serving others, people helping others, people doing what they can instead of standing there at some news desk on national news complaining about <laughs> everything. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't go well, you know, and um, I actually, like, outside of Inspire Up, I wrote a book about loneliness, and I think that... Oh, you did? Our, I think our... I did. I did. Now, it's Christian-based and clinically-based, just with my experience, full transparency. But, you know, the focus was for the military spouse to understand how their loneliness could be contributing to some of their anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. risky choices. But I think that that can apply to our entire country. I think, I think we're lonely. I think we need community. I think we need each other. I think there's lessons to be learned, and we can just get better from it. And where can, where can we get your book? Oh, if you, if you go to my website... You know, you could be directed anywhere, but it's it's being sold Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Target, um, anywhere books are sold, you can find it. M A N F R E, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's me. Sure. And the name of the book is Never Alone. Never Alone. Magnificent interview, Jessica. Come back because again, you kicked our Friday off with nothing but positive comments and helping people. Let's do that from now on, shall we? What do you say? I would love it. And next time, I'd love to come in person. I have this bucket list of wanting to go ice fishing. And when we were stationed in St. Louis, <laughs> my husband would travel to St. Paul all the time because we have Coast Guard units up in Minnesota. And I would be so jealous, even though he was freezing his butt off. But I'm going to come up there and have coffee with you and go ice fishing because I... It's probably because I watched Grumpy Old Man. I know that's what it is. But yeah, still. Minnesota. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Jessica, you're going to get stuck with coming and sitting in Studio A here and doing a show, though, if you do that. I'm in for it. I'll bring the coffee. It sounds great. Jessica, thank you so much for making our whole weekend, for kicking it off beautifully. Thank you. I am loving it. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a good day. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Jessica Mandry. See, once again, if you look around, look at you, Jimmy. Look at your wonderful family, great wife. The whole you want a little commonality here? This Inspire Up. My wife's maiden name was Spire, so all of her things are inspire, inspiring, See? inspire you. So it's kind of a fun little 
little twist there, which I connect to. So what a great organization. Yes. I know. It's just you know? nothing but positivity either. Well, These people are struggling like a sumbitch, but everything's positive. When are you going to do something like that? I know. Be when are you going nice to start the Tom once? Bernard Foundation and help people, for Christ's sake? I think the foundation would be... <laughs> Mental illness. That would be hey. a foundation to fight mental illness. Yeah, well. Oh, my wife. Yes, at long last, he admits it. Yes. Oh, God. It, we all have it in it's our so families. Sweet. It's here, and it's for real, and that would be a great cause, actually, to uh, to put any effort in towards, for sure. But we, well, let's try to get Jessica up here. What do you think, huh? Get oh, her. God. It'd be so great to get her up here. I can't even t- I would when, love that. Do a little yeah. something with our fire department or our, um, our police department in South St. Paul. I that would be that. wonderful. Andy, what did you think of all that at being a younger man? You're still a young man, babe. Youngish, I suppose. What's it? Oh, youngish, yes. Um, I don't, I'm kind of removed from the whole military thing. Yeah, I could see that. Because, I mean, I, I do have that. relatives that were in the military, but they're mm-hmm. all, you know, at least two steps apart from me. Yeah. And none of them ever talk about it. Well, yeah. yeah, and you just you Grandpa also. Grandpa never talked to you about any of his. Almost you, never. You were pretty much just babysitting him at that point. Well, yeah, at the yeah. at the end, no, he never talked about it. Well, he talked about it to me a lot, and I was trying to deal with a lot of his health care concerns, and I had a lot of conversations, very very frustrating, dealing with the VA, and we have supposedly one of the good ones in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother Jeff is a is a veteran, and he is out in Colorado Springs, and that's a big military town. And he is on waiting lists for sometimes years for things. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I, my dad's a military vet, and he said great service. Um, I've witnessed my uh, my uncle, who is also a, a vet, uh, pass away at the VA, and that is a whole nother. I mean inspiring doesn't even get it it's mm. the, the the honor and respect that they give to those veterans once is you un, get, yeah once you yeah, get in the once door once you yeah. get in the system yeah, which yeah. is I can very see how that can be a very frustration. difficult and he was lo- my father was losing his vision mm-hmm. um and there's just there's no support in the state or anywhere that a- it, I, that actually can help somebody who's very elderly all of a sudden going blind yeah you would think that there would be something some, helpful. Yeah. No, couldn't you see? There just to... isn't really nothing. I mean, oh, here's some uh, Braille stickers for the microwave, so we can find the start button. <laughs> it's like he needs to figure out how to be able to read in Braille to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then the mental decline on top of it. It was just really rough. Sure. Yeah. There's just, and I mean, there's just, there's not a lot of support for the very elderly. I mean, I know that they've got VA. um, Thank God he has you. He had you, right? Thank God they have families that are are able to, you know, either private pay or bridge the gap by doing it themselves or move them into their home and, you know. And financial resources. My dad was a miser. He lived very, very simply. He saved and saved and saved. For his old age, and if he hadn't done that, I don't know what would have oh, wow. happened to him. Yeah, I really because he lived in hundred, right? He lived to be ninety six. Ninety six. Mm-hmm. That's up pretty there. close. It's really up there. Cramming mm-hmm. for the final at that point. 
you know, when you get to be that. <laughs> Cramming for yeah. the final is a good way to put it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, oh, it's just, and he was in a really nice facility, but, you know, you yeah. still had to advocate for a lot of stuff, and yeah. you still have to watch everybody doing, it's just, it's a, it's a rough situation. It, could, it should be easier to get good care. Yeah, that would be, and, well, I'm, Look what we just and not ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> for, for what? Right. Come on, ten thousand. Get up and take your pill. Here you go. Use the bathroom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear. I hear you. Grandma Zoe, my grandma lived to be one hundred and five, and her Holy last moly. last four of hers were in the nursing home only because she broke her second hip, and they put her back into the nursing home. But she was with it up until the day she died. Wow, that's great. Where. All they needed to do was wake her up and put her in the chair to, to move her around. She didn't need. Yeah, a lot. Know, a lot. Right. Right. And, you know, $10,000, it's like, oh, my oh, gosh. And I just can't even imagine what it's going to be in another 20 years. Right. It would let, well, maybe AI will help us at that point, and there'll be robots that are helping us. Yeah, AI sounds like it's going to be real helpful. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure As it will. it destroys the I planet. Think eventually, yes. Yeah. It destroys the planet. I don't know. Maybe it'll help wipe your butt when you're old, too. You, know? <laughs> like you don't right know now. what the technology could happen. That's really nice, talking about me wiping my butt. Yeah. I really I think it was generally. Yeah, I mean, just because I was looking at you doesn't mean it was <laughs> I was generally. I'll steer this way. Generally, for those of us. Well, the Japanese have had toilets like that for decades. A butt yeah, wiper? What's our, what's our excuse? Bidet, yeah, blowers. They have blowers and the blowers, everything on there. Bidets. Ooh. They'll <laughs> do everything for you. <laughs> Dangerous territory here. Dangerous butt territory. Let's, let's, change. let's go back to 1936. <laughs> yeah, why don't we do that? <laughs> in the newspaper I brought in, the so St. Paul Sunday Pioneer honestly, Press. I want to hear what's on there because I didn't pick it up for that very reason because I want to hear it from you. Sunday, August the 2nd, 1936. This was God. the magazine section of it, and it says, Science dishes up new Fighting words for political speakers. Oh God! I wonder how many it's of so, us can. Uh, it's today. Define I mean, the words. Nothing has changed. It's nothing, but they're just w- worse words. You Do know? Do they have I mean, a list of the words? Well, they're using. Um, they're. Yes, they're uh, abandoned, boondoggler, boondoggler, hypocritical, palm greaser, bigoted. <laughs> oh, God. Prestigitator, chiseler. Prestigitator. Oh, the uh, magician and bog trotter. Cyclomatic, mugwump, mugwump, addlebrained. These are these are great. Snapheaded, buzzard. So and it's very it's very it's very detailed in those old you know uh, 30s. A mugwump is someone who is apolitical. (coughs) Oh, a mugwump is apolitical. I didn't know that. So two Uh, things about this newspaper. Uh, The guy that gave it to me, uh, he was doing a remodeling at. Wow. At Four Paws. You want to look at it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Four Paws. I love that building. And this was in these, he's got a stack of them. These were in the floor, floorboards. Of, oh really? Of that remodel. So he first of all, he pulled them the out. Their size, they're space. huge. It's look like your, huge it's your 16 inch, 18 inch God, computer screen width. That's how big it is. So that was Ball. the widescreen back in the day, right? And it's good type. You can read it. It's good read, readable type. And the uh, second thing about that on the inside was a sports section, and there was the uh, Saints were in there. So the I, Saints were, yeah. Okay. I call so that whole write-up about the Saints is pretty cool with a bunch of you know drawings and pictures and stuff. And so I gave that to him, the number one Saints fan that I know, which is Dan Stoltz at uh, Spire, and uh, and gave that to him because he has a collection of Saints memorabilia. So to me, I'm like, let's bring it out, and I'm, I don't want to preserve it here. I'm like, let's 
let's read it. Let's look at it. Yeah, Touch it. Well, it's it's, it's got, a bygone it's, day. It's looking pretty crumbly. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna try maybe, to save maybe, that. It's uh, not worth a million dollars for maybe sure. Maybe running this through some sort of fancy scanner. Oh yeah, so you, know, you can read what the so you can read, read, read it and the, not, not wreck the, it. The political words. I th- again, it's already wrecked to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, know? it's get Stained. more wrecked. It's what's re- that? What's, it's legible. What's the picture? Then he never puts on an act. He never puts on an act, but he makes swell pictures. Oh, it's about Frank Capra. Breaks all of the rules of Hollywood, including the ones which says a director must be a freak. Mm. But his quiet, unemotional way does seem to get financial and artistic results. Huh. Interesting. Right? I love that. Yeah, Yeah, and then uh, so much color. I, I. I was amazed at the colors, yeah. how, how, how it nice stayed they are. from yes. the 36 and some floorboards. The the yellow brights are very, very bright. So where was this article or this newspaper? It was in an old uh, home uh, old that home, was which turned is a into a restaurant, restaurant in St. Paul. Paul's. Yeah, Four Paws. Yeah. It's a beautiful building, Andy. The oh, building's really cool. gorgeous. No yeah. doubt so about it. So I thought it. you guys would like that. Uh, nobody at the St. Paul Pioneer Press cared. Too much about it when I when I called them and said, "Hey, you should look at this newspaper." They, they also, probably have eh, didn't care about microfiche or something. Sushi boy, he doesn't care about it. Ah. Ah, what do I care about that? You know, sushi doesn't care. Ah, good man. <laughs> Bring it in. Well, Let's here's an it. announcement you should know about because oh. it's a very famous name. Um, the daughter of Mrs. Mrs. Alfred J. Wolf, five sixty three Laurel Avenue. Her mother announces her engagement to Mr. Walter Ryman, son of Mrs. August Ryman, 1908 Oliver Avenue North. Ah! She so lives right there, Golden Valley Road and uh, Oliver Avenue North. The wedding will be what? solemnized. What? What is being said here? I don't understand what's happening at all. It's a, it's a wedding <laughs> it's announcement. It's a wedding announcement. But from, who? From some people. We don't know these people. I know, but I'm saving it for last. Oh. See, you have to understand, I always have an intent. Mm. Well, I, Just because you guys can't well, follow along. It just along, was a, you know. an interesting... It was an interesting segue. I started to Google their numbers, their addresses, to see where they, what they look like today. <laughs> see, there you go. It's no, that's what you guys okay. should have done. Okay. The reason I even read this is... <laughs> and then call the number KL56493. <laughs> where have you heard this name before? The woman who just got engaged name is Virginia Woolf. What? Hmm. Her name is Virginia Woolf. Well, it's not that one. It is, too. No, it, like, it is. I'm, I'm certain that it is. It is not. Let's see. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Written by... Uh, remember who wrote it? No. Andy will bring it up. I will. Oh, I thought you would just do it automatically. Aren't you listening to everything and typing it in every time he yeah, talks? Way to go, That's Andy. what AI would do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Edward Elby. Edward Albee, ladies and gentlemen, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Magnificent book, as a matter of fact. It was a play. I, but I thought he wrote it as a book. They released it as a book, too. Uh, did they it not? It was a movie as well. I mean, it was a movie and a trade. Oh, so they never did come Wasn't out with a Wasn't that one of those Liz Taylor ones? Let's see. Who I don't remember. did the stuff? This is the 30s. How can we remember yeah, any of that? Yeah, it was Liz Taylor. How about this? Why don't I read this one for you? Catherine? Yes. I'm going to go buy you a Mongolian lamb fur coat today. I don't think so. That sounds exotic. Mongolian lamb, soft eel grays and brown, standard seal, our five-star special, strongly interlined and pre-shrunk. This is a mink coat. I leave for Florida in the winters. I don't need... (laughs) Okay, you ready? in between the airport and the car. Not to mention lamb. Lambs are small. 
How can you make a coat out of it? Well, they made a coat out of it, and mm-hmm. you know how much this fur coat is? Oh, dear. 100000 No, back then, probably like $15. I don't know. 79 bucks. 79 oh. Bucks. <laughs> My 80 mother. bucks. 80 bucks for a fur coat. And Let's... now that's McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's getting the family. Though, so. <laughs> $79 in 1936. Yeah. Would be worth what today? $36 would be worth $1,700 today. Oh. Seven, 80 bucks to $1,700. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big jump. Wow. I remember my mother had some sort of weird coat that was, I don't know if it was a kind of a lamb or something. It was, it was. It was like a really tight, you know those carpets with the really tight loops? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like that yep. in rows. Yep. And I remember huh. that was a big thing. I don't know what it was called. I if think anybody I know remembers. what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I remember her just being so thrilled. She had a mink collar, because having a fur coat. Mohair, she... was it mohair? Yeah, mohair, there I you don't go. think it was mohair. Okay, i got to ask a question. Yeah. Maybe was, was. was this newspaper taken out of a, a casket or a, a, a burial? Casket? The floor, just the floorboards. That's what I'm asking you. Oh. A little blood stain on the is paper it, there. Is that blood? Is that what that is? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Or grease. It, I think old it is oil, grease, some yeah. creosote yeah, sucking off the... Uh, Probably true. That is so great looking at an old newspaper like that and looking how the world has changed that much. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It, it is. But also, if the same thing. The front page news of this Sunday edition magazine section mm-hmm. is talking about words for new fighting words for mm-hmm. political speakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that's what's going on today. So it's always been a scam. It's always been a scam. It really has. When are we going to get past it? When are you going to run for governor? I told you it's lieutenant governor, and that's at the request of the governor. <laughs> I told you. So anytime someone wants to throw me on the ticket, Jimmy, Francis, South St. Paul. So, so. Lieutenant Six, governor, five, not one, governor. Two, four, we, yeah, we had we this conversation kind of came up yesterday. It's like when the if a mayor gets assassinated, like in the mo- show we were watching, mm, sure. we have no intention of anything like that. Oh right. Um, who who who's the follow up mayor? Mayor Pro Tem. Yes, who we appoint one of our I council Tom members. I looked that up. I'm like, so, I didn't know what that was. I had never heard so, that word until just now. Mayor Pro. Pro tem. Yep. So they're in. Mm. They're they're appointed bef- at the beginning of all of the things every year and re- reissued every year, so that in the event that the mayor can't be at a meeting, okay. he can run the meeting and they can continue to do business without having to have a, an election or something in there. Tom right? said something about the person with the most votes or something. Uh, well, pro tem. Yeah. The, it, dep- it depends on what it is. Our in ours, it's the consideration of the longest tenure. Oh, so, okay. um, oh, so that's good. And and we have yeah, our our council member uh, has been there for forty years, so he's he's got God. it. But I but you know breaking tradition, I did ask the next in line if she would be interested in being pro tem for a year, and she appreciated it, but she likes to the tradition that we have. So she right she thanked me for considering that, but then you know we we stay with what we our tradition, which has been. We have an interesting. Um, things that we do here we have different charters and, yeah right yeah. charter city we're a dfl not a you know it's just mm-hmm. we do everything yeah. different there's there's a bunch like, of oddities and then you know people uh, like in my position try to get into people's like the governor's position right. and make up things for their city that sh- shouldn't be made up by them mm-hmm. they shouldn't be doing ordinances they shouldn't be trying to get into that business it's we all have our roles right and our role is not to be uh, the the historian and save old properties. Right. Ours is, is as mayor and city council is 40, 
20 to 40 years in the future. That's what we are trying to establish. And all the day-to-day -day stuff happens because of the decisions and the ordinances and the things that have been passed, and our city administrators execute those, or the police chiefs execute those, those things. So some cities try to get into things like that govern or, you know, like, like to do things the state wants or, right. or the country or a political party. You know, they bring it in to say, oh, we're going we're gonna to do this. You know, I, I, bring, I think of sanctuary cities as right. one. Right. I mean, the authority we have to become a sanctuary city really is not an authority that we have. You can, it's, no, it's like it having is. a sister city in another state. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like having no more May, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can say that and you can do it in your city, right. but it really has no legal effect or there's no real no, that's just authority that you have. That, yeah. you ha that all has to come from the governor. I mean, you have to change your whole system to be able to do those things for your city. It oh. doesn't just come, the mayors can't do it. Okay. You know, because we have a charter, which is right. blessed by the state. Right. So, okay. so anyway, works out. I looked it yeah. up. It's Persian lamb. Persian, Persian lamb. lamb? My mother had a Persian lamb coat. Wow. How much oh. was it? Well, now you can buy one for $150. Really? Not too bad. It's um, nothing. That's like buying one in... 79 yeah. bucks. 79 bucks in the 30s. Well, Persian <laughs> lamb probably was, <laughs> you know, one hundreds. of those things that was of really that. fancy back then, but... Not anymore, Not yeah. so yeah. much anymore. Well, no. fur coats in general are just not in favor anymore. No. You, no, really, you can You can barely even buy fur coats anymore anywhere. Well, they've closed them all, like ribnecks. Ribnecks closed. They're closed, yeah. right? I think they moved it though to somewhere There's else. There's some faux. There's a lot of faux fur out yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of faux yeah. fur, which yeah. I don't even want to wear that anyway because people still get pissed off at you. You think it's real? Yes. Yeah. Yep. My wife has a fur coat that she got from my aunt, who got it in San Jose, California, at the Goodwill. Oh. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If you've got something that's been handed down from mm -hmm. your mother or your grandmother or something like that, it's like what you'd rather see it in the landfill right. than somebody right. wearing yeah, you, it. Yeah. You didn't. It's kill already, it. They're no, she, already dead. They're, she shipped it's it a long time ago because we because my wife is involved yep. with the Winter Carnival. She thought, oh, this is perfect for her to have. She would be somebody that would use it. I think she paid seventeen dollars for it. Right. And oh, she passed it up, and then she sweet. drove home, and then she's like, you know what? I should go back and get that. Yeah. Because that's just silly to let that be here in San mm -hmm. Jose. So right. then she had it, and, and then she gave it to my wife. And so that's how my wife got one. But I would never, we would never think about buying one. See, I bought one at a raffle for a, a charity years. And what is that, about 30 years ago, Cassie? Yeah, there's a chance. That's kind of fun, right? Take a yeah. chance, $20 chance. It's a beautiful, beautiful coat. But you wore it once and got yelled at for wearing it. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get like, okay, so... How many hundreds of thousands of pounds of lamb is eaten in the U.S. Right. every year? Exactly. Dare you well, ask that not even just the U.S. <laughs> how dare I mean, you speak like that? Lamb, we're talking lamb about is, fur. Lamb is a staple it's in everywhere. a lot of So we're countries. killing these lambs to eat them. Why can't we wear the coats of the lambs that have already been killed? Because What's the people loss? get triggered by yeah, that's basically what it is. anything visual that is trendy to be triggered well, by. But you think they'd be like walking by restaurants and seeing people eating steaks and freak out. But Maybe no, it's are. just fur. Some do. No, it's, fur is Some much do. more frowned yeah, upon is, than yeah. eating meat, You're even right. though they are functionally the same thing. Well, like a mink or something, that is just... Killed. Well, that I don't. I don't farm. agree with. Yeah, but they it's farm still them. A I think they farm those things, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, they yeah. farm them. Yep. You know, just briefly on that, there's a guy who traps fish in the Mississippi River. Oh, Does I he make go. fish coats? 
and he, no, he feeds them to the to the mink. Well, there you go. Oh, really? So that's that's how he feeds, and it's free food for the mink for his oh. mink farm. So all right, it's recycling at it. its best. If Catherine's got to go, yeah, we're going. We Let's all get out of here. We're out of here. It's Friday. We'll talk to you next week.